Hi, I'm Randy, and this is Dave. We're the founders of Bombas, the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. So comfortable, we sold and donated millions of pairs. To sell and donate a lot of socks, we became obsessed with comfort. We reinvented the sock from the ground up, adding comfort innovations along the way. It worked. People tried them, loved them, told their friends about them. Helping us sell and donate millions of pairs. Try them now at bombas.com slash comfy and get 20% off your first order. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash comfy. Shalom. It's a joy to be here with you today for the launch of our new weekly broadcast, Your Jewish Connection. Here at Your Jewish Connection, you will get connected to the Jewish identity of Jesus, the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. I want to share practical insights for everyday life, and you're going to get connected to the amazing things that God is doing amongst the Jewish people around the world, including the land of Israel. I'm Rabbi Stewart, your host and teacher. I am a Messianic Jew, a Jewish believer, or even better said, a Jewish follower of Jesus, Yeshua, and Yeshua is Hebrew for God's salvation. Welcome again to Your Jewish Connection. Welcome to Your Jewish Connection with Rabbi Stewart, connecting you to the Jewish identity of Jesus and the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. Here now, Rabbi Stuart Winograd. I want to start by just uh, giving you an opportunity to get acquainted with me. As I said, I'm a Jewish follower of Yeshua, Jesus. I grew up in a mostly secular Jewish home in New York. We were the kind of family that went to synagogue on Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, and Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And uh, the rest of the year, we didn't really think much about synagogue, and uh, we didn't really open the Bible or pray at home. I guess you can compare my Jewish family with a nominal Christian family that would go to church on Christmas and Easter, and that was the only times that they would dock in the door of a church. And uh, because we were Jewish, every Jewish young man in my neighborhood was getting what we call a bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah means son, bar, mitzvah, commandment, son of the commandment. It's the Jewish rite of passage when uh, Jewish boys and girls get a bat mitzvah, daughter of the commandment. Uh, It's kind of a rite of passage from childhood where we read from the Torah, the the scriptures, and uh, we give a commentary on it before the congregation, and it's a symbol of us passing from childhood taking more responsibility for our relationship with God and uh, becoming more of an adult. Well, though my mom always believed in God, the family followed my dad. I guess you can say that he was more of a agnostic atheist. And by the time I went to college at the age of 18, I became a seeker. I had great parents My father told me the purpose of life was that you be a good guy, you get a good education, you find a good job that pays well, you find a a woman that you can share your life with as your wife, you have children, be a good citizen, be a good neighbor, and then you go into into the land and that's the end and they put a little stone above you, no more. And I thought, These are all great values, but it didn't satisfy my deepest 
inner longing for purpose. Why am I here? What is the purpose of this life? And so along with my generation, you know, we were the hippie counterculture generation back in the 60s and 70s. Along with my generation, I would read a lot about people who said they seemed to know something and uh, traveled quite a bit and met people from all different religions and cultures. But after many years of searching, really starting at 18 until 25, reading a lot, coming back to America after many travels, I had never been impressed by anything that I read or that I had heard that people really had something that I was looking for. They all seemed to be in the same place that I was, and that was they were seeking to grasp for something that they didn't yet have. And so that's where I was at when I came back to America at the age of 25. And like all good hippies of my day, I was working on an organic farm, trading my labor to learn the art of of organic farming. And on this farm, I met an Italian man named Michael. And Michael introduced me to Jesus and the Bible. And the thing that stands out most to me about my relationship with Michael when I was 25 years old is that he patiently gave of his heart, his prayers, and his time to help me know the God who loves me. He answered millions of questions that I asked over many months. He helped me to understand the Bible and the powerful work of the Holy Spirit. He even told me that, uh, man, I should be glad to be Jewish because this Jesus, this Messiah, Savior of the world, he came from the Jewish people. And I told him I didn't really know anything about that. And uh, religion really didn't interest me very much. He explained that he wasn't talking about religion. He was talking about a relationship with the one who created me and everyone else. And this really amazed me. When the Holy Spirit, you know, as I read the scriptures and the Holy Spirit began to work in my life, at first his powerful presence really frightened me. The best way I can describe it, it was like a presence came into my life that hadn't been there before, and the impression that I had deep in my soul was that it was bigger than the sun and stronger than the wind, and I was scared. I thought, hey, what's going on? Am I losing my mind? Am I meeting God? Am I meeting the devil? I mean, what is happening? And uh, Michael helped calm me down, kept leading me back to the scriptures, helped me to understand what he explained from the beginning, that he said, you know, if you take a step toward Jesus, he'll take a step toward you because He's risen from the dead, and he's alive today. And though you don't see him with your natural eyes, you can experience him with your spiritual eyes, your spiritual being. And so uh, Michael also helped me to see that Jesus was the one that all of the Jewish prophets had spoken of throughout the centuries, and that he had fulfilled all of the prophecies relating to the Messiah that so many of my religious Jewish brothers and sisters were looking for, and that he gave his life 
This Jesus, this Yeshua, gave his life for my sins, the sins of the Jewish people, and for all people. And uh, he helped me see that, indeed, Yeshua was alive and for everyone. And I'm just so grateful that he gave me so much of his heart and time. And after many months of studying the Bible, praying, questioning, and doubting, in July of 1977, some of you are saying, hey, when could that have been? You know, was that another, uh, was that back in the time of Noah or something, you know? No, it wasn't that long ago. It was about 41 years ago, 42 years ago. I opened my heart in July of 1977 and said to Yeshua, you are my Lord and my God. I will follow you all the days of my life. And by the way, just a little side note here. I want you to notice that it was a Gentile, a non-Jewish Italian man, who led this Jewish young man from New York to the Jewish Messiah, Jesus, Yeshua. Often, God uses Gentiles to bring the love and salvation of the Jewish Messiah to the Jewish people. And so, if you're thinking, how can you influence a Jewish people, a Jewish person, it's your unconditional love and your very life of walking with the Jewish Messiah, Jesus, that will be a testimony to Jewish people. And... uh, I want you to understand that both on my dad's side of the family and on my mom's side of the family, we are Jewish as far back as we can trace our lineage. We are Ashkenazi Jews, Jews from Eastern Europe. And for Jewish people, many of them, and my parents in particular and my entire family, Jewish people don't believe in Jesus. And I want you to hear what my Yiddish mama, my Jewish mama's reaction was. Her first reaction was when I came to her and I said, Mom, I mean, I wasn't, I was zealous, but not so wise, but that doesn't necessarily relate to her first reaction. Her second reaction, probably yes, I'll tell you that too. But I I, I was zealous. I said, Mom, I think I've met God like uh, Abraham and Moses and all our Jewish guys in history that met God. I believe I've met God, and I found out that Jesus is alive, and he's our Messiah. And my mom's first reaction was this. She said, how can you betray your Jewish people and join with the Christians who throughout the centuries have persecuted our ancestors in Europe? Her second reaction was, oh, you need a psychiatrist. But that was because of zeal. But the first reaction is is kind of a typical Jewish reaction because our Jewish people have suffered greatly in the name of Jesus at the hands of those who call themselves the church. And some of you have Jewish friends, and you wonder why so many of them are turned off when you talk about Jesus, why they just close up. Well, I don't have time to go into that in detail now, but I think my mother's reaction gives you a sense of why many Jewish people feel kind of close to Christians in the church. But let me also tell you that 
things are changing, and I thank God that things are changing. Even the state of Israel recognizes that it's Christians like you who are listening today that love the Bible, love the Jewish Messiah Jesus, love the people of Israel, the Jewish people, and love the state of Israel, that you are our best friends in the world. In another broadcast, we're going to talk about how to overcome this wall that Jewish people have, feeling like Christians are another people who persecute us. We're going to talk about how we can overcome that wall that often causes Jewish people to shut down to Yeshua. Yeshua has been my passion and continues to be my passion for 41 years. I've devoted my life to getting to know him better and better, to walking intimately with him, to becoming more like him in every way because the Bible teaches he's our example, and also co-laboring with him in the great kingdom of God work. We're going to talk more about Yeshua and this amazing personal relationship we can all have with him in a moment. Plus, I want to share with you uh, a, an amazing story, an inspiring story about an incredible man that you want, won't want to miss. Stay tuned. This is 970 WNIV Atlanta, Faith Talk Atlanta. Shalom again. You're listening to Your Jewish Connection, and I'm Rabbi Stewart, your host. We're going to be coming to you every Saturday morning at 930, so be sure to tune in because we have a lot of things that we want to connect you to because This is your Jewish connection to the Jewish identity of Jesus and to the amazing things that God is doing around the world amongst the Jewish people, including what he's doing in the land of Israel. In the first part of this broadcast, I shared with you my story and how Yeshua, Jesus, radically changed my life, and I've been a follower of his for 41 years. And You know, all of the first followers of Jesus were Jewish, and I'm so glad to be part of a growing number of Jewish people in modern times that have embraced and will embrace Yeshua as Messiah, Savior, and Lord. And remember, Yeshua is the Hebrew way to say Jesus. It means God's salvation. And uh, when he walked through the land of Israel 2,000 years ago, all of his his mother, his father, rather his, his mother and stepfather and his family, his friends would have called him Yeshua. And uh, I'm so grateful, as you heard in that first uh, segment, that Michael, an Italian man that God sent into my life in 1977, gave so freely of his love and time to love on me in the name of Jesus. And Over time, loving people into the kingdom of God would later become the modus operandi of Reach Initiative International, a Messianic Jewish ministry that was co-founded by me and my wife, Chantal. And you go go to our website, reachii.org, to find out more about what God is doing through the Reach Initiative teams on the ground in Israel, 
in India and in Eastern Europe in the country of Belarus. One aspect of our ministry is serving survivors of the Holocaust in both Belarus and in Israel. We have been blessing, serving, loving on Holocaust survivors for more than 24 years. Yom HaShoah, which is the Hebrew way to say the day of remembering the catastrophe or the calamity, meaning Holocaust Remembrance Day, was just a few days ago. And I think it is appropriate for us to get a, to dedicate some time on this broadcast to remember the more than 6 million men, women, and children that were brutally murdered by the Nazi killing machine simply for the crime of being Jewish. To bring that number home to you, that is more than the entire population of metropolitan Atlanta. So think of the city of Atlanta and all of the suburbs to the north, to the south, Marietta, Alpharetta, Roswell. Nobody left. It is unimaginable, but that is what happened. I've been in the homes of dozens of Holocaust survivors and heard their tragic stories. Many of them are the only ones that survived, lost entire family, every member of their family brutally murdered during the Holocaust by the Nazi killing regime. I want to tell you a brief story about a person that is very dear to me. And I want to encourage you to listen to this story in in the way that will highlight for you and inspire you some important aspects of loving people into the kingdom of God one at a time. You know, loving people into the kingdom of God one at a time is the modus operandi of the Ministry of Reach Initiative International and all of our teams around the world. So listen carefully with an ear toward how the Lord might inspire you to love someone or someones into his kingdom. This is Holocaust survivor Yefsei's story. We met Yefsei when he was 89 years old. He uh, had some problems with his balance, and so he couldn't go out on the street by himself because he would fall down. And so he was lonely, like many Holocaust survivors today. They, they feel forgotten and lonely, and they're interested in having people care about what they lived through and what they're living through today. They want to have fellowship and share. So we got to know Yefsei, and Tanya, who is the leader of our Comfort for Holocaust Survivors Initiative in Belarus, began to visit Yefsei regularly. And Yefsei would say, and she would bring different members of uh, our Messianic Jewish congregation and the REACH Initiative team. And over time, Yefsei would say, you're wonderful people. You have a special kindness about you, but don't tell me any of those fairy tales from the Bible. I'm an atheist, and I don't believe any of that nonsense. Well, we just kept loving on him. We just kept bowing the knee and serving him unconditionally, asking nothing in return. 
We just kept blessing him and helping him in practical ways. And over a little bit more time, Yefsei wanted to understand, what makes you tick? And from the beginning, we told him, it's the love of the Jewish Messiah in us for his people and for all people. For you, Yefsei, that's what makes us tick. He motivates us to be different, to care about you and to care about all people. And so he said, I'd like to know a little bit more about that. Give me a little something to read. And so Tanya gave him some literature. And uh, after another few months, this is what Yefsei's testimony was. He said, I've suffered much. I was an officer in the Soviet forces. I was a confirmed atheist. I promoted atheism. But today... I believe there is a God. Why do I believe there is a God? Because of the love that I experienced from Tanya, Stuart, Chantal, and other members of the REACH Initiative International team. Tanya gave me literature that opened my eyes to see things that I had never seen before. I understand now that God has a son, and I believe in him that he is the Messiah. And Yefsei became a born-again follower of Yeshua and found a family, a spiritual family, in our congregation in Minsk, which is the capital of Belarus. His life was changed because someone cared, like Michael cared about me. Think about your own life and your own testimony. Somebody probably came into your life, for many of you, and gave their hearts and gave their prayers and gave their love and taught you. And so I want to encourage you, be the kind of person that has your antennas up wherever you go and love people into the kingdom of God one at a time. You may not be an evangelist. You may not be a preacher. But the second great commandment, you remember those first two commandments, both of them are from the Tanakh, which is the Hebrew way to say the Old Testament. They're from the Torah, the five books of Moses. Love the Lord your God. You remember Yeshua, Jesus said these are the two great commandments, and he said they summarize the entire teachings of the Old Testament. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's complete surrender, complete giving ourselves over to the Lord our God, to Jesus, to Yeshua. And the second commandment he said is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So even if you're not a preacher, even if you're not an evangelist, we are all called and empowered by God to love our neighbors ourselves. And when we love people, to truly love someone We need to be concerned about their everyday life situations and problems, show kindness, be helpful. But not only, we need to care about their relationship with God and their eternal destiny. And so God wants to empower all of us in greater and greater ways to love people into the kingdom of God one at a time. I also want to take this opportunity to thank Salem 
broadcasting of Atlanta because recently we took 11 Holocaust survivors on a dream trip to the land of Israel. Most of them had never been to the land of Israel, and they said, please organize a trip for us so that we can see our homeland before we pass from the earth. The oldest of them was 96 years old, and Salem and uh, all of the Salem listeners, you sponsored Zoya and Sima, two Holocaust survivors to this dream trip, and we are just so grateful for standing with us to help make this possible. Again, if you would like to find out more about our ministry to Holocaust survivors and other aspects of REACH Initiative in Israel, India, and Belarus, you can go to our website, reachii.org. That is R-E-A-C-H-I-I.org. You can also sign up for our newsletters, and when you do, I want to send you a welcome gift, an ebook, and the ebook is the story of Arena, a Holocaust survivor, and it is entitled, How Do You Believe in a God Who Would Allow the Holocaust? You don't want to miss it. Next week, at this time, your Jewish connection will come to you. It's Saturday, every Saturday, 9.30 a.m. on Faith Talk, and I will be sharing with you about the prophetic significance of the modern-day rebirth of the state of Israel, and two important Israeli holidays that will be coming up next week. Until we meet next week here at the Jewish Connection, I pray that you would be overwhelmed by the love of God and that that love would flow through you like never before to be a blessing to your family, to your friends, to your acquaintances, and to those that God will call you to love into the kingdom one at a time. Shalom. Shalom.